Hey everybody, I'm DJ. And I'm Nisi. And, and this, this is, is Joe, Joe Fitness. Fitness. We're here to make sure you have no excuses in your fitness journey. Which is why for a limited time, we'll be offering free fitness classes. That's right, free fitness classes. So kick off your Saturday morning with a competitive style boot camp geared towards family fitness and fun. Also following shortly after, we'll be hosting a new dance class to music we all love. Remember y'all, motivation, motivation through, through education, education and, and just, just out of excuses. excuses. Inspired. Ideas Inspired Loke Information Enterprise. Podcast Powered by Loke Enterprise Here's your host, Braxton Holly Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Ideas Inspired Information And we are here again on a different couch In a different location With Ariel Ariel, how are you? Yeah, I'm good Doing good today? I'm good Oh, that explains it. Y'all gonna let me talk. Um, in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but um, tell us about uh, what you do and who you are. Um, so I am a doctor of physical therapy. I went to Alabama State for my graduate degree, and I had a clinical doctorate that I received from there. My title is Ariel Johnson, PT, DPT. So I'm a travel physical therapist with a company. So I just go to different clinics where they're understaffed and I kind of serve the need that they need for the clinicians to kind of help out with the patients there. Nice. All right. All right. A mouthful to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if y'all have been following, we haven't really kind of made a point to do this, but today I want to. So that you can kind of follow along and understand why, what we're talking about before we start talking about it, so to speak. Alright, so yeah, we're here to speak about Ariel and um, how she kind of feels it's very important for representation in leadership roles or professional setting when it comes to black people or any really any kind of minority uh, and kind of what that looks like and why it's important. Uh, so to start off, Ariel, we kind of had a conversation a couple wait, of weeks wait, ago. Wait, 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 wait. With that being said... Um, Ariel, what idea inspired your true, information? True, true, true. Inspired my information? Yes. What yeah. do you mean? As, as, far as far as being a DPT and going on it, that journey through that school. Path? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to a magnet school in Montgomery. I don't know, like, people are familiar with magnet schools, but they kind of are a little bit um, proactive in making sure you, like, find that career path and the direction you want to go. So I've always kind of had that push to kind of look for some type of higher education or um, career path that really makes me feel fulfilled and purposeful. So I was looking at different career paths in high school and physical therapy happened to be one of them. I had the opportunity of shadowing with physical therapists and like the VA and a private practice clinic. And it was something that I enjoyed and I thought I might like just because I was an athlete in high school. But um, when I actually got to college and started following that career path, I really fell in love with like that profession when I started working um, as a tech, kind mm-hmm. of helping out um, under some clinicians. And I think that's what really bolstered my like perspective on like the diversity and all, because that's where I found my role model, um, a lot of uh, black clinicians at the hospital I was working at. Anyone specific? Um, yeah, so um, Dr. Shanae Warrior, she was the um, clinician that was over me when I did my shadowing at undergrad and she's also alumni from the same school I went to Alabama State perfect, so perfect. her and Dr. Charlena Washington they uh, were really helpful in um, inspiring me to go into PT giving me the motivation and uh, the recommendation letters and all of that that I mm-hmm. kind of needed to kind of feel 
able to propel into that next chapter of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Role models are very important um, as as far as mentors as well because they've already lived life, and we need we need the guidance that we don't know we need at some point. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yes. As soon as we quit, start stop being hard headed and actually listen to the advice <laughs> we get. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to leadership, is that something that you always kind of wanted to jump into in your profession or is it kind of like, did you stumble upon it? You know, how does that work? Uh, I've always had an outgoing personality as far as like leadership goes. And I realized that early on. I'm like, okay, I can see myself in leadership, but I've always felt like I want it to be like the assistant manager type. Like mm -hmm. I want it to be the person right under the person that's in charge. So that way, if like everything hits the fan, mm -hmm. they get in trouble and I yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've, I've had that kind of perspective, mm -hmm. but I've still kind of had that know about myself where if there was a lack of leadership around me, I have no problem like filling in those shoes and kind of getting things and getting the ball rolling. That's kind of in a position I've been put in in like some of the places that I go to being understaffed, being a traveler. Mm -hmm. So it's not something I'm like, I want to be a leader. I definitely had like the dream, like everybody when they're a little, like I'm going to be the next Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, yeah. but yeah. Um, I, I feel that. So I get a firsthand kind of look at that. I mean, obviously you do two work in the clinic and I also mm -hmm. work in the clinic. So, um, my clinic director, she runs school. She runs two locations. Ooh, mm -hmm. I was about to mess up. She runs two locations and she is stressed out all the mm -hmm. time. And I feel you. Like that assistant spot might yeah. be where it's at. You can get the, the pay and mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about as many of the like blowback on things. So, like, I don't know. I do see myself kind of stepping into that leadership mm -hmm. role because um, eventually, though, because you do get the benefit of like, um, being able to dictate the culture around mm -hmm. you for your like clinicians or your coworkers and things, you get to set the tone and be able to take on that role model mm -hmm. position too that you watch somebody else play a significant role for in your life. This is oh, my bad, bro. I saw you. Better no, say. go ahead, go ahead, go this ahead. This is kind of unrelated, but how, unrelated. But how do you feel about the the hospitals or the clinics that'll hire someone? They'll hire a PTA rather than a PT just so that for that pay cut, so to speak. How how does that? Um, you know, business this is, is America. Or, yeah, true. This is true, America. True. That's mm -hmm. the capitalist, um, like, structure of yeah. the healthcare model in America. Like, it's all about the money and how much you can get. And it's not always about the most efficient way to go about things or the best. Um, there are a lot of PTAs that are qualified for that position. But a lot of times, like, the hospital and, um, whoever is in senior management, they are kind of taking that roundabout way. And mm -hmm. um, it's just how it is sometimes. I, yeah. I just feel like the same work for the same pay. It's like, it should be for the same pay. Yeah, that's true. Um, I did want to back up just a little yeah. bit and talk about a little more about leadership. Mm -hmm. For you as a person, has that come naturally throughout your life or did that develop when you were playing sports? How do you like become a leader as a person? Um, for me as a person, I think I had a lot of qualities that I took from my dad as far as being outgoing and um, speaking up. Um, I did have to kind of grow into that for myself as far as, you know, working on group projects and everything. It was just kind of, you're still getting to know yourself and things. So I think I've always been kind of a natural leader internally, but like fostering that so it can really be able to um, shine on the outward is kind of yeah yeah being able to, to take. self be self aware of yourself to because mm -hmm. other people 
perceive things differently. Yeah. So being confident yeah, in it exactly. and, and also being know how to be a follower and play that dance between leadership and following mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. because you can only be a good leader if you also know how to exactly. be a good team player and a good follower. Exactly. Um, Marion Wright can't be what you can't see, right? Yes. Let's, let's talk about that. Can you elaborate on what that means to you or what, how, what kind of uh, feelings are evoked when I say that? So I feel like that's been kind of my motto since I've become um, kind of into my profession and gotten working because it really kind of highlights the whole concept that is kind of my drive and passion outside of just working. Mm -hmm. You can't be what you can't see, meaning that you, up until, you know, um, 2008, we couldn't see a black president being a thing. And now that we can see it, there are a lot more little brown boys and little brown girls that can really see that as an aspiration now. So that's really meaningful to me and it hits home for me because um, I kind of position myself not even trying to um, extend myself with like certain leadership or things and reaching out things but just trying to be visible and create mm -hmm. visibility for other people of color to know that like you might not know what a physical therapist is and you might only see um our counterparts being physical therapists in whatever way that might be portrayed but knowing that if you look like me you can be a physical therapist as well no matter the um lack of diversity in that field and that goes for everything in any aspect um i threw out a stat last week with janissa um, I'm not sure if it's right or not. Mm -hmm. um, the PT world, um, minorities only make up like 1% of the PT world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually have um, the, I think it's only from about 2013 or maybe 2017 mm -hmm. for the demographics on that. But yeah, it's only about 1.2%, I believe, of um, black people as a total for any type of diversity for people of color. It's um, about 5 or 6%. So the majority of it is um, kind of um, the Caucasian population that makes it up. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, Miss Holly. But that's low as shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's low as hell. And that's why, what did you, who did you say your mentor was? Um, Dr. Shalina Washington, Dr. Shanae Warrior. Dr. Washington, Dr. Warrior, thank you so much for people like you. Mm -hmm. And eventually for people like um, Ariel here who are going to, you know, have the people. She's going to have students that she deals with and so on and so forth. So that's how, like, we make this thing pop. That's how we get this thing going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's one of the reasons why I want to be a PT also, just to kind of give the middle finger to the man and just kind of be there for those that are behind me, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like another reason why that quote means a lot to me, you can't be what you can't see, because you have a, a very disproportionate ratio of mm -hmm. diverse communities serving in the healthcare population, but you're typically serving the underserved people, which is a diverse population. Mm -hmm. So to put that into words, that means you have a lot of like, you know, Auburn graduates, they go golfing on the weekends, but they don't understand what it means to live in a food desert. Whereas mm -hmm. when we finally have people like that look like me and you and have different backgrounds and different walks of life, you can connect with somebody that had the same upbringing as you, because let's be honest, those are a lot of people that are needing PC and need exactly. people to go to those communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even think about that aspect. It's kind of like two sides of the coin, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. definitely. Do you, how, what type of challenges have you seen, like, 
going through your process to become a um, DPT um, as far as the demographics and everything like going through classes are different how's that been um I'd say because I went to a HBCU mm -hmm. so I'd say that that was definitely helpful as far as like having a close-knit community and even though I was still a minority in my program mm -hmm. being at HBCU I still had the faculty, the staff, and then those classmates that did have that same shared appreciation for me and appreciation for the school that we were at. Mm -hmm. The only challenges I could really um, speak to were just kind of like seeing that gap and understanding between me and like my counterparts that like they're only coming to HBCU for school because like that's where they got accepted and they're just there to get a degree and get out and knowing that those are the same people that I'm going to have to depend on to like take care of like my grandmother and my auntie and yeah, everything yeah, exactly. and seeing like and trying to, to make that connection and seeing that the lack of connection um, in closing that gap. So that was one of the hardest things because I that I was inclined to take that leadership role and be like, hey, let's all talk about each other's backgrounds, walk yeah. of life so we can diversify ourselves for like the people we serve. I actually heard about a couple of those conversations there. Mm -hmm. Sure got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting yeah, being yeah, at HBCU and being a minority still. Right, right. Yeah. That's a whole nother, I wouldn't say problem, but a whole nother like social thing to kind yeah. of look at within itself. Um, okay, so we're talking about leadership. We're talking about all this stuff. Um, can I tell y'all a story to kind of bring this all together on why we're talking about this stuff and the point we're trying to make? Okay. So... As y'all know already, or should know already, I'm a physical therapy tech, which means I do all the stuff that therapists don't necessarily want to do, or the things that really, really help the machine work, so to speak. I'm the oil in the in the engine. Um, so I was talking with the patient, hooking up on ice one day, and she just kind of turned and looked at me. She was like, hey, did you hear about Jeep Grand Cherokee trying to change? Like, they, people want them to change the name because of you know, Native Americans and Cherokee yeah. and all that good stuff. And I'm like, no, I didn't hear about that. That's interesting. She was like, yeah, I think it's crazy. That car company has been around so long, blah, 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 blah. And now they're just trying to do it. I'm like, well, you know, just having a conversation, trying to be respectful at the same time. I'm like, well, you know, how would you feel if, like, your entire race is just reduced to, like, a car company? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, that's not... She's like, well, I, it's kind of it's kind of a uh, badge of honor, so to speak. It's kind of like, you know, we respect you and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, it's a car still, though. So I, I just don't, I, like, when I see the Jeep Grand Cherokee, I see a Jeep. Like, I don't yeah. see anything Cherokee about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Know what I mean? Sounds like the perfect argument argument for appropriation. I'd say. Exactly. <laughs> it's a badge exactly. of honor. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. So. That was, that was that conversation, yeah. and we kind of came to an agree to disagree kind of moment. Mm -hmm. And then she, this is like the longest ice session ever because she had two ice packs on both shoulders. It was a lot. But um, she looks and says, well, what about Aunt Jemima? I'm like, this lady <laughs> just went to Aunt Jemima. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, what about Aunt Jemima? I'm like, well, I think, like, you know, what it represents is kind of like what we're trying to get away from as a company as a country and what we should be getting away from because she was a, a slave that cooked for her slave owners. She wasn't a real person. That, oh, yeah, you know, actually, that was, she wasn't a real person. She was... Yeah, it was a depiction of a man. Personalized. Yeah. As, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah, exactly. So she wasn't even a real, a figurative 
person put it on this bottle to like invoke some sort of hmm. like feelings you know what i mean so yeah. it's like you know when i saw her as a little girl i used to want to cook like her i used to think she was the best cook and blah 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 I'm like, yeah, that's great, but she is more than a cook. I'm yeah. sure she had her own thoughts, feelings, dreams, and things that she wanted to do as a person and could not because she was shackled, chained, and beaten, and fucking tortured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You have all of those good feelings and positive, like, relations to the whole Aunt Jemima character. Exactly. Because it did what it was supposed to. It was supposed to, like, make you feel good and fuzzy about, like, you know, getting pancakes and then like essentially like this black woman that was supposed to be taking care of the white kids making can- pancakes and making breakfast and like everything's like lollipops and dandy dot flying. Imagine <laughs> this figurative like fist that's like has the word racism on it and <laughs> in front of it is like Aunt Jemima and whatever else that cushions the blow so to speak when it comes to like uh getting away from the real history of our country. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's, that's like a, a image. Yeah. That's yeah. a crazy image. Um, so Ariel, I asked, I asked Janice this a couple of weeks ago, another DPT. Um, and I said, what was the most difficult part, like through the process? Um, was it like the days in and out of studying? Um, or is it like, more working directly with patients with different personalities for as, you personally as far as getting through school yeah oh hands down like <laughs> the the work-life balance the study and the stress like the only thing that got me through like the first month is knowing like if i failed something so did my classmates mm-hmm. like completely different transition from like undergrad to grad school mm-hmm. as far as like when you got into the clinic and everything it was kind of like a breath of fresh air because like you got to see and do the things you actually like went to school for but mm-hmm. like going through it like the test and everything it was kind of on the other side of the spectrum yeah. with just like textbooks studying study groups and stuff that made it kind of really tough yeah. sounds like it was a, a true journey for y'all again i'm going to say i'm so happy to meet someone first <laughs> <laughs> now you got um some type of path to you know but hey Nisa, what does this mean you don't have to figure it out. <laughs> nah, wait until you get into the stuff where it's like, I don't know, we don't even use that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. We don't use that for real. Nah, it's going to get confusing. Has it not been like that, like, ever since school? Like, all right, we learning all this in this book, and we only going to use the first chapter word. Um, it was less... Maybe that's different, probably, for not, you. Yeah. It, we, we used a lot of what we might have learned, mm-hmm. just applying it in a different way. It was less of, we learned all of this and we're not using it. And for, for me personally, rather, it was more of, I learned all of this, but what did I, what do I really know? Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I get in on the first day and I'm trying to treat a patient with shoulder impingement and I'm just like... Um, I know about the metabolic and endocrine system. Mm-hmm. Like, show me your life. Well, how do I do this? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it was just kind of like, okay, I need to know more. So I'm, now that's where it's got me in my career, kind of yeah. thinking of furthering like my knowledge and doing um, residency and things like that to help. Yeah. With but you know, that life. definitely comes with experience, also. Yeah, you, know, you just kind of getting into it. So yeah, we talked about that um, not too long ago. Um, do you know what you know until you need to know it? Right. Yeah. 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 Like. It's funny because one of our professors, he would love to tell us like, um, 
you don't know what you know until you know how much you know. I don't know. One of those things. It's yeah. just a lot of words to say, like, you mm-hmm. know more than you think you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A brain. A brain is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. DJ, you got any more to add on? Oh, no. That's it. That's it. Uh, thank you for coming. You are uh, well-versed and articulate, and I appreciate your conversation. We very much enjoyed this um, sitting with you today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for enjoying this episode with us here with Ariel here on Ideas Inspire Information. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and just join the conversation so we can talk more about different topics here. Um, Until next time. Sorry for cussing, mama. (laughs) Until next time. Peace. Thanks, y'all, for having me. Um, Shameless plug, follow at the PT Bay. Follow the tags. More information and videos. All the tags will be there. We will put all the tags in there. Where are we going to put them, DJ? Over there this time. Okay, we're putting them over here. (laughs) Have a nice day.